Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and once again, I am joined by Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. You know, we're hearing a word right now, and we're, we're in this age of uncertainty. I've, I've heard that word several times lately, that we're just uncertain what's going on right now. Um, is there anything more unnerving than uncertainty? No, no. It's funny you're talking about the words you're hearing. I think uncertainty, unprecedented, and pivoting. I don't know how many times I've heard the word pivot here lately. People are pivoting in their business. and, yeah. and uh, So, yeah, you're hearing these hot-button words. But uncertainty, yeah, it's just it's crazy. I think now more than ever, it's just uncertain what's going on out there. Yeah, everything's changed. Everything is different. The things that were comfortable to us before are not, not comfortable to us now. So a lot of times when we get stressed, we always we always fall back to the things that are comfortable to right. us. And right now there's, I mean, the only comfortable thing we've got is maybe a maybe a television and some food. Yeah, or <laughs> learning how to cook. I'll tell you what, yeah. I've become a chef. Hey, I like over it. Over the past <laughs> couple of weeks. But I think I said it last week, I'm ready to get back in a restaurant. Yeah. Golly, I'm ready to get back in a restaurant. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not at our best when we're, when we're under stress from uncertainty. Um, it takes us away from the things that make us comfortable. It forces us into less, I heard this phrase, autopilot. Right. Um, we're, you know, we're normally we're on autopilot. The things that we do are just automatic. We get up, we, do a, we have a certain routine, and even that is different for a lot of people right now. Um, yeah, I mean, so, they say, they say stress reveals your true character and I, and I'll be honest, there's, there's been things I've seen over the past months that I don't like. And I've had to, I've had to take it to God and say, help me out here. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think in the end there will be good come out of this, but right now we're start, still trying to figure out what that good is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the opposite of, of autopilot and doing things automated just just as they come is being intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and being intentional mm-hmm. is so important. And as runners, um, being intentional is super important because there are always those times when we don't want to do it. We, we don't want to do a workout or we don't want to run. Sometimes we're just tired. Right. And being intentional and doing it anyway right. and yeah. doing the right thing is important. Yeah, And it's important in our faith, too. Um, if... If we were strengthening our faith when times were good, then that that automatic reaction that you're talking about mm-hmm. under stress means we'll we'll automatically run to God. Right. And uh, and for some of us, I think we're learning that maybe uh, maybe we need to work a little harder yeah. in the the comfortable times. Yeah, you know, there's been a few times. It's it's funny how you mentioned that. How it just the intentionality of it. There's been a a couple times in the past few weeks where where for whatever reason I didn't have my quiet time in the morning and man by the afternoon it was it was blatantly obvious um because of the stresses of the day because of the things that were going on because there's there isn't that routine that we've always had of of doing things in groups or whatever it is and if if you're if you're not grounded daily 
in the word and in prayer, um, you're not going to like what you see when, when the stresses come. So it, I, I think God has spoken to me in that sense that now more than ever, uh, your relationship with me is, is the most important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we, we've been introduced to a word that, uh, that is very important and one that is, um, has always been important, but a lot of times we look past it when we're comfortable, but that word is humility. Mm. You know, right now we're, we're kind of at that point where, uh, relying on God is, is really important. And so, uh, the word humility, if we've been, we've been reintroduced mm-hmm. to the word humility, mm. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen. If you're out there and you're watching, you're listening, and you have questions, um, you can send those to dean at runforgod.com. If you've got things and, and topics that you'd like to see us cover, you can send me emails, and we'll cover those things. Uh, if you don't know about this, and you've just happened upon this podcast or this YouTube video, and you don't know anything about Run for God, go to runforgod.com to learn more. And as always, we are proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform, J-Radio. You know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on? Don't let that happen again. With the new J-Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radioactive Station on J-Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com. We're back, and we are going to share a story today from a fellow by the name of Ryan Akers, and he's from Burlington, Kansas, right there, I guess, right in the center of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we do, Mitchell, you were telling me about something this morning that I thought was interesting and thought maybe you'd like to share. Yeah, you know, I, um, my neighbor, um, a good friend of ours, their son is turning 16. Uh, actually, one of the young men on our triathlon team, Andrew. Happy birthday, Andrew, by the way. Um, and his parents bought him a, an older model vehicle um, for his birthday, and uh, he doesn't know he's getting it, so... We have a building outside our house, and they they brought this truck over to get detailed. And the guy that's one of these guys that travel around and and they they detail he details vehicles wherever you're at. And uh, the guy come over, and I I'd met this guy this morning. His name is Jeremiah, and um, you know I've always been intrigued. I've all, I love to see hard work, and Jeremiah is just one of those guys. He's constantly hustling and just always going, and, and I love to see that. I love to see that character, and he's. He's a younger guy, and uh, but I got to talking to Jeremiah this morning, and uh, he 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 saw all the Run for God stuff. If you're listening to this, the the world headquarters of Run for God is actually out beside my house, and this is where this guy was detailing this car, and he saw all the Run for God stuff, and and Jeremiah began to tell me his testimony, and mm. it's just something I had to share. I'm actually going to put it in the newsletter, but Jeremiah shared with me that three years ago he lost everything literally lost everything uh in a matter of four days um he had a bad alcohol problem and his wife left him cleaned out his bank account his cars were repossessed and he found himself homeless wow in a matter of of days and um 
you know, as he's telling this, I can't help but think of Job. We're still in Job as a family right now, and, and we're reading through that. Hopefully, we're about to get to that, the good part at the very end of Job. Um, but I couldn't help but think about, this guy's a modern-day Job. He lost everything in a matter of days that he thought was important to him. And it was at that time that he found Christ. Wow. And he, he went on to tell the rest of the story how Christ basically just redeemed him and, and you know, gave everything back four times. He's got this detailing business now, and he, he's just thankful for every hour of every day. But it's, it's something that he said at the very end that really struck me. And it's, it's kind of the same thing my own dad went through, if you've read that story about cancer saved his life. Yeah. Jeremiah told me, he said, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. The best thing that, I mean, having everything taken away, and I couldn't help but think, is as a society, is that where we're at right now? You know, we've talked about this in weeks prior. Everything that that we called important, you know, money, markets, jobs, sports, you know, everything that we've called that many of us put in front of Christ sometimes is now taken away. Yeah. And are we going to look back? I hope we do in a year's time and say, man, that was the best thing that ever happened to us. Cause I know God's teaching me something every day during this process. And it's not how to increase my bank account or yeah. it's not how to get faster and running. It's, it's things that he's teaching me. That's helping me to get closer to him. So I just thought that was a really cool story from Jeremiah at just the right time. And he didn't, he didn't even put those things together. I, I kind of wrote it down for a newsletter and I, I handed it to him before I left to come here to say, can we use your story? And he said, absolutely. And, but he, he hadn't even put those things together. Wow. But God's just weaving in all of our lives right now yes. um, things that I hope we take note of. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's a guy just living his life and just yeah. sharing Christ in, in a way that uh, he doesn't even realize how powerful it is. I learned something from Jeremiah this morning. Yeah. And so, Jeremiah, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, yeah. But but it's just another example of how we say all the time, you may think your story is not unique or it's not impressive or it's not whatever, but but God can use every one of our stories. So sh be like Jeremiah, share it. Yeah. Wherever you're at, share your story. Amen. So. Amen. Great story. Well, we're going we're gonna to read Ryan Aker's story. He's from Burlington, Kansas, um, and his story is entitled Finish Strong. On November 13th, 2016, I took on the most difficult physical challenge of my life by going to Las Vegas and running my first full marathon. For four, for four months, I trained six days per week. I eventually worked my training runs up to 20 miles in length. The training was grueling, but necessary. By the time the race rolled around, I felt very confident that I was ready. And then the race began. For the first 18 miles, I felt great. My timing was a little off, but close to my goal. In the last six miles, I could pick up my pace and finish strong. In the back of my head, I really wanted to run it in less than four hours. But my ultimate goal was to simply finish. However, at mile 18, I experienced something so sudden and unexpected that no amount of training could have prepared me for the feeling. Both of my legs suddenly and without warning completely seized up and my body would not run. I could move at a light jog, 
but I could very quickly tell that my finish time was the least of my worries. I was more concerned I might not finish at all. Many runners will talk about hitting a wall during a marathon. It's the moment where your body and your mind are telling you over and over again that you must quit, that you have nothing left, and that you need to give up. During the race, I saw other runners hit their walls. Some hit them much earlier than I did, some a few miles later. Every one of us were faced with the same choice. Do we quit before the finish line, or do we somehow find the strength, will, and determination to fight through and finish strong? I believe that is a question we must all face in life because all of us will inevitably hit a wall. It may be connected to parenting, marriage, work, money, school, death, or sickness. Somewhere in life, we will face a moment when we will have to make the same choice to either give up or find the strength, will, and determination to fight through and finish strong. During the race, I did one thing right and one thing wrong. The thing I did right was to give my race to God. And when that choice came to quit or fight, I simply began to pray for God to be the one to give me the help I needed to keep going. I believe that he did. The same goes for our lives. To finish strong, we need to avoid trusting in our own strength or will and look to the very one who gave us that strength and will because it is only God who can truly help us fight through the walls we will encounter. Isaiah 40, 31 reminds us, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Even though I did something right in giving the race to God, I also did something wrong. I began the race with my brother-in-law, and together we encouraged each other and felt confident. However, after 13 miles, I did the math and discovered my four-hour goal was quickly fading, simply because he couldn't hold the pace needed. Eventually, he told me to leave him and go on, and so I did. It was a big mistake. Because when I seized up at mile 18, I had no one to encourage me or push me or cheer me on to keep going. At that moment, the course was in a very isolated part of the city with no bystanders cheering, music blaring, or Vegas lights glaring. I felt as if I was on an island all alone. At one point, I slowed down to let him catch up, but he was too far behind. I learned later that as soon as I left him, he started struggling almost immediately and had to fight through to finish just as I did. Leaving his side and going it alone to reach a goal was my biggest mistake. Having someone with you to fight through your walls is so incredibly important. God has wired all of us to flourish in relationships. Going it alone is always much harder than going through something with someone alongside you who cares for you and is cheering you on to finish strong. Proverbs 27, 17 reminds us that as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. When we face a wall in life, it's important not only to have God, but also the friends God has placed in our lives to help us fight through and finish strong. In the end, I made it to the finish line, but you know what happened? Around mile 23, a friend who ran the half marathon found me and ran a half mile with me. 
That gave me the encouragement I needed to run to mile 26, where my wife, sister, and friends cheered me on to the finish line. When we allow people to run with us, encountering our walls becomes easier. So whatever you are dealing with today, whether wall, whatever wall you might be facing, be sure to never try and go it alone. Don't try and be tough and think that by your own strength and determination that you can get it done. Trust first in God. Give him your problems and know that he is with you. And second, let people help you carry your burdens. Let them encourage you, pray for you, and even run with you. That, after all, is one of the very reasons God created the church. When we trust in God and run the race with others, then no wall we face is impossible to break through. In fact, not only can we break through, but we can finish the race strong, just as the Apostle Paul did in the end of his life when he spoke the words, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Trust God. Lean on others, finish strong. My goodness, have you ever hit a wall? <laughs> I've hit several. <laughs> uh, some that I wish I had. Uh, I had Ryan's friend with me, but others, you know, I've talked many times about the Disney Marathon, which was my first ever. And at mile twenty-three, they have this choir. Um, it's because they understand the wall. But I love how Ryan paralleled this to our walk with Christ. Um, cause he's so right. It's when we go it alone, that's where the devil, the devil loves to isolate us. He loves to quieten us. He loves, but when we surround ourselves with other believers who can edify and pick us up and we can pick them up, um, and it just, it makes all the difference in the world. Thank you, Ryan, for this, this story. I, um, yeah, what a it's, great, it's incredible. He asks a few questions here. He says, what is going on in your life right now that has caused you to hit your wall? I'd say the answer to that is the same for almost everybody right now. Yeah, COVID, <laughs> yeah. corona, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think we're, we're all being tested right now. Um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think, I don't think God created COVID to punish us, but I think he allowed COVID to test us. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of testing going on out there right now, and if w- the quicker that we can understand it, just like he understood, he he realized the hard way that he went out and he went at it alone, and he got out there in isolation, and he he realized, oh no, you know I shouldn't have done that. I, I think I think we've got to surround ourselves because the devil's going to try to isolate us right now, and um, because it's easy to do right now. It, it is. We're in isolation. Yeah. So that's where. I, Thank God we've got Zoom and all these other technologies out there right now that that have allowed us to still group up. You know, I do a Zoom meeting with my Sunday school class. My kids do it with the youth group, but it's it's not the same. I'm so ready to go back to church. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's bad enough to worry about getting sick or your job. And right now, a lot of people are worried about both of those things. Right. Um, I see a lot of stuff in social media and places where people are one side fussing at the other side. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, now is a great time to extend some grace to people yeah. and to understand that we're not in somebody else's shoes right. and that, uh, and, and what looks like greed to one person could be, um, somebody's cry for help. And yeah. I mean, I've said it many times over the past few weeks. I think we, we have a virus problem. We have a health 
problem. But the biggest problem we have is a fear problem. Yeah. There's so much fear out there right mm-hmm. right now, whether it's misplaced or well-placed, there's a lot of fear and that's causing people to, um, to lash out and to, to many times be who they're not really are. It's just, it's, it's the fear that's paralyzing them and they're lashing out in all different ways. And you're right. We, we've got to extend grace. Yeah. Um, and get off the keyboard sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, I actually took, I actually took Facebook off my phone this past week because I got disgusted at myself one evening where I was just sitting there aimlessly scrolling and scrolling and I was taking in all this negative media and it was affecting me. And so I just deleted it and man, I feel so much better now because I'm not seeing, yeah, I watch the news for an hour at night, but I don't have it in front of me all day long and I got sucked into it and I had to, I had to cut it off. It's hard not to get sucked into it. How is it easier to finish strong when we give our problems over to God? Well, it's easier because it, we don't put all the pressure on ourselves. We, when we realize somebody's there to help us. Um, you know, it's just like when you have a problem and you keep that problem to yourself and you feel like I'm the only one that can fix this problem. You know, we've had this, we've had these issues and run for God. And, and I thank God every day that I've got you and gay and Holly and all the people around us, our board who I can, I can talk. And I always, I've I've said it in our meetings. I always feel better after I talk about it. Yeah. Um, and there again, it's, it's the devil wants to keep us silent and feel like we're the only one with this problem. And he's doing that to so many people right now with this virus, but we're all dealing with this. And yeah. so the best thing we can do is is share and have people around us who who can help walk through that with us. And if you don't have anybody around us, take it to God. Speak out loud when you're praying. And even that makes you feel better. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, uh, he, he, you know, he's the only thing right now that it is constant. Mm-hmm. With everything else shifting and, and the things that we do, everything changing at least just a little bit. He's the only constant that we have. I think about Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that just a comforting, Mind. just to hear it is, is comforting. But so many times we don't take advantage of that. Yeah. We think, we think it's, we think it's, oh, this is too, it's not enough to take this to God. Or, or even worse, we say, this is too big for God. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to, I need, I need to help God out here. And that is every time I've went down that trail, which I've gone down that trail a few times, I'm wrong and I fail. And yeah, I mean, that's just a, it's an incredible verse for this season that we can't do anything about this virus. I mean, we can, we got doctors and great medicine and things, we, we got, but God has put all those people in place, all those things in place, and, and he's going to work this out one yep. way or the other. And there's nothing, there's no amount of arguing and typing and whatever we do on social media is going to fix that. That's right. So we just need to stop that. 
it's hard. Uh, you know, the, the key in there is, is there at the beginning of verse 6 where it says, do not be anxious. Mm-hmm. That is so, so difficult to do. There's only one way you can do it right now. Right. And that is to lean on God. Right. Well, I heard a, a, a pastor friend of mine who, who comes to speak at our church every now and then, and he, he makes this statement almost every time he comes, and it, it kind of hits you wrong to begin with, but when you really think about it, he's right. He said, stress equals selfishness. Because when we stress about something, we're saying, God, this is too big for you. I need to handle this. Um, and that's selfish. It's, it's, it's not too big for Nothing is too big for God. And the minute we vocalize that and take it to God and, and let those around us who care about us know, the stress always goes down. And yeah. I know that. I, I'm sitting here talking about it, but probably within the next seven days, I'll be right back there again and, and God to thump me on the head and say, remember what you and Dean were talking about just last week and uh, how quickly we forget. Uh, this one says, are you someone who tries to do life alone or with others? And who are the people God has put in your life that you can begin to learn to lean on to help you run the race of life well? Yeah, everybody has a different answer to that one. Um, I think about, I couldn't help when I saw that question to think about David Hendricks, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how important he was to the beginning of this ministry. Mm-hmm. How I know there were times where there were there were doubts and David was like, oh man, this thing's going to be big. You yeah, know? <laughs> and I was calling David, you, you're crazy. But I, yeah, I'll never forget that day. Me, Mitchell trying to do this by himself, and this is just going to be a small thing. And I'll never forget, David almost prophetically saying this thing's gonna be big and i said david you're crazy (laughs) um but i thank god every day that people have put people like david in my life that have have spoken truth people like hr poe yeah um who who sometimes they say the things that you don't want to hear sometimes i don't want to hear that stress equals selfishness um but god puts those people in our life to speak into us the things that we don't want to hear but we need to hear. Yeah. You know, the one thing that strikes me about both of those conversations between David and HR is that when they spoke those things, mm-hmm. how were they spoken? In love. They were spoken in love. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they had the best of intentions. And when we do that, um, even though we may upset somebody initially, um, I, I think that that usually returns well. Mm-hmm. So but it's got to be done in love. It can't be done, be done from a condemning, judgmental um, I mean, HR was almost in tears when he said, Mitchell, you've let running become your God. Yeah. And that made a difference if, if HR would have said, Mitchell, yeah. you've let run. But it was, it was coming from love. It was coming from conviction. HR will tell you that's not what he wanted to say. He did not want to say that Yeah. because he knew that it was going to offend me. But God was saying do it, and he did it in love, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. You know who else does a really good job of supporting one another is the run club members. Yeah. Man, I, I get online and I, I watch them, just, everybody just going back and forth and supporting and being encouraging to one another. And uh, man, it's so much fun to see folks that are excited yeah. about running. I don't know how many times I've seen on Facebook this week that somebody has run the most miles they've ever run in a month because we, we, put, we put a challenge out there. And uh, that's so exciting. I got so tickled. Did you read the comment? Um... I'm trying to remember who it was, but they, they had just got done listening to you and Lane. 
And they said, I, the next day I went out and ran the most mileage I ever did because I couldn't stop thinking about Dean and Lane said, I will not die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he didn't die. He didn't die. Yeah. Uh, so. But yeah, just be careful on running the longest distance you've ever run. Uh, make sure you're doing that 10% rule. But yeah, I mean, we talked about early on that we were going to have to kind of help run club the the Facebook side to to keep conversations going. And, and we're not, we're just being part of the conversations now. Yeah. We're not, we're not initiating much at all anymore. Um, because I think everybody on here just, they love the interaction. They love holding each other. There's a lot of accountability going on there because you've thrown out a challenge and everybody's chiming in saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And yeah. it's, it's incredible to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and just so you folks know, if you're part of a run club and you're part of that discussion, You've encouraged me. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of times you think, well, I, Dean, he encourages us. Well, you guys encourage me as much as, as I encourage exactly. you, I promise you. Yeah. So, hey, listen, we, we also, there is an, an app out there, and it's called The Big Share, and it leads to a bunch of stories called Come On, Let's Go. If you'd like to share your story or you'd like to read about some other people's stories, you can go to Come On, Let's Go and check that out. Um, download The Big Share app and share your story. There is power in people's stories. It's a challenging time. What do you do when everything you believe about God is being tested and God doesn't look like the good father that he says he does? You've got layers and layers and layers of hate in your heart. It it takes God to clean it out. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. So, Mitchell, it looks like some businesses are beginning to get back to work. How long do you think it is going to be before races come back? Well, I sure hope that... um August, we're going to be running, run at the mill for sure. I hope so. I hope so. Do you do you think we're going to see uh, sporting events with no fans this fall? You know, I think we might. Um, I, I think there's already talks about some sporting events being for TV only uh, in the beginnings, and then kind of phasing into. Um, you know, I think they're going to do it in a smart way. Uh, everybody's going to be doing it in a smart way, but yeah, I, I'm. I'm ready to get back to normal. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Um, do, you, do you think, I was thinking that if, if you have, let's say you have a football stadium and there's no fans in it and they're just playing, do you think that negates the home field advantage or do you think that helps because the other team doesn't get fired up? Or I'm trying to figure out whether or not that makes a difference as far as home field advantage goes. You know, I, I don't know, but I know it's going to be weird. It would have to be strange. I've been saying it about pastors for a while now that are doing these um, uh, virtual church events on Sunday morning. Our pastor uh, preaches every Sunday to a camera, and he's doing it in the sanctuary, and there's like four people there who are helping him do all the logistics of the the live event. But that's got to be strange for a pastor who is used to seeing – hundreds of people sitting out in front of them or, or even thousands in some of these pastors cases to be speaking to an empty audio auditorium um, because there's so much synergy and that's what I'm ready to get back to. It's just yeah. that synergy of, of loving on people. You know, I, I've been joking. I actually did it again yesterday. Um, I was on a job site and I shook another guy's hand 
<laughs> and he said, "Don't boy, don't that feel good?" And I said, "Yes, <laughs> it does." And maybe I shouldn't have shook his hand, but I wanted to shake his hand. Yeah. He stuck his hand out, and I wasn't going to deny him. And so, yeah, I just those simple things like that. I'm so ready to get back to. You know what's interesting about this whole thing, though, and, and which has been a revelation, is the church has been saying for years that the church is not a building. Exactly. Right? We say that all the time, and that just became really obvious, didn't it? Yeah. You know, I was talking to Jeremiah this morning about that very thing, the guy we just talked about a few minutes ago, and he said that this is it's become obvious that um, we're, we're not Christians because we go to church. We go to church because we're Christians, and yeah. that's where we're edified and and built up and but we're to go out from there it doesn't yeah. end when we walk outside the doors of the church that's where it begins yeah and and we're just putting all that into practice right now and um yeah i, I have a feeling probably more people are being reached right now yeah because on a sunday morning if you open up social media you, you can it's, it's church and there, it's great to see there's billions of hours of exactly. sermons available online right now yeah Yep. And so yep. that's been a good thing. Yeah, you know, I was thinking as a percentage, there's more traffic of Christian content online right now than probably ever Yeah, because of what we're going through right now. Yeah. So uh, That's been refreshing. Yeah, it has. And it's going to be interesting to see how God works in all of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it is time for Dean's Thoughts. And it's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this week it is called Decisions, Decisions. When I was a 15-year-old kid, I had a decision to make. You see, I was a baseball player who enjoyed running. I had competed in one season of track and field, and I'd only finished second in my county championship meet. It was the only race I had ever lost, so I knew I might be pretty good at it, but I was still a baseball player. When I was 14 years old, I was able to do both, but I would be headed to the high school the next year, and I didn't know what that meant. The cross-country and track coach called me to his office one day and told me this. I don't know what kind of baseball player you are. For all I know, you're the greatest baseball player ever. But I have seen you run. You have a great future in cross-country and track, if that's what you choose. But you can't do both successfully. You'll, you'll have to choose between baseball and track. I really hope you choose track. So there it was. I had to make a decision. My decision was more about what I wanted to do with that year of my life. What did I enjoy more? And the truth was, if I was as good as this guy was telling me, I was probably a better runner than a baseball player. But I didn't know for sure. What I felt at the time was that the coach really seemed to believe in me, and I thought, maybe I'll give this running thing a shot. I had made the cut for the baseball team, but decided to run instead. I think back to that time and wonder, What would have been different if I had chosen the other way? Almost everything in my life has followed a different path based on that decision that day. Being a successful high school runner led to an opportunity to get a degree from a school I would not have been able to get into otherwise. The school led me to a job that I did for 25 years. All of the people I met along the way were a product of where I worked and lived. As important as anything else, Without the experiences of my running, I certainly would would be in a different place today. I definitely would not be a Run for God ambassador and a college cross-country track and field coach. But back to that initial decision. 
It was a simple decision I made one day when I was a 15-year-old on an average afternoon while attending high school, and it totally shaped my life in nearly every way. And it was just one simple, not even really stressful decision. It was in college that I became serious about my faith and formed the relationship I now enjoy with Jesus Christ. If I had gone to another school, would that have happened? I don't know. I'd like to think so. But the truth is that a decision made by a skinny, immature 15-year-old changed the way the world functions ever so slightly. I'd like to think for the better. We make a lot of decisions. If you Google it, you'll find that we make about 35,000 conscious decisions each day. Among those, of course, are choices about running. The decisions we make about running and training can affect tomorrow or a week or even a year from now. Let's boil it down to the most simple of running decisions. When you're trying to decide if you have enough energy to go out the door and go for a run, how do you think a decision to stay on the couch will affect you down the road? Is it more likely to be positive or negative? Conversely, do you think a decision to go out for a run, even though you don't feel like it, will affect you positively or negatively down the road in a week or a year? I'm not a big gambler, but I know how to look at the odds for each of those questions. If I... if if I look at my Christian walk the same way, it's just as obvious. How sure can I be that that decision to pick up my Bible today will impact me positively? Is there even a chance that it could impact me, impact me negatively? I can't see how. Decisions, decisions. What shall I do? I think I'll go for a run right after my Bible study. <laughs> Good word, Dean. <laughs> You have decisions that you look back on and you think, what if? I have a lot of them. A lot, yeah. Some of them I won't go into. Can you believe that? 35,000 decisions a day? That's just crazy yeah, thought, I isn't it? Yeah, I would have never thought that. But I guess, yeah, I mean, how many decisions did I make driving from my house to here? Yeah. Probably. A lot of decisions. A hundred, yep. I guess, you know. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great perspective. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step -step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. We're back, and each week we share something about why running is so awesome. And so this week, I'd like to share this one, the early morning weekend long run, which is Saturday for me, mm -hmm. but I love that early morning run on a weekend. Uh, everything is quiet. There's less traffic out. Um, it's crisp and clear. It's cooler in the mornings, whether even winter, summer, either one, there's just something special about that morning run. It's kind of like um, 
you, you've, you've been a, a big camper. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like being a camper. You just feel more attached and close to nature. When you do yeah, that and I love how it makes the rest of your day feel. And, and Saturday more so than any other day. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the Saturday run. I, I don't run long much anymore, but I still run on Saturday mornings. And it's just like you can just enjoy your Saturday more. When you got that run out of the way, I've I've waited before and and decided I was going to run on a Saturday evening for whatever reason, and it's it's just not the same. Yeah, it it makes your day feel much more relaxed. Yeah, sets you up for a great weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Motivational thought of the week. This one comes from from somebody. Um, there are a couple of folks I saw that attributed this to somebody, but I'm nobody really knows who said this. But I love this sentiment. One run can change your day. Many runs can change your life. Hmm. Um, you know who said that? Who? You did. I did. Just I just said, said it. it. Yeah. I'll say Dean I just, said that. I just copied it from somebody <laughs> else, but I just, <laughs> uh, yes. So, yeah, one run can change a day, and it does, just as we just talked about. Uh, but many runs, you, you, you start linking those things together, and it's um, a cumulative effect. It changes your life, yeah. absolutely. We are so glad that you joined us. We hope that you're part of Run Club. If you're not part of Run Club, we would love to have you as part of Run Club. So um, don't forget that when you, when you sign up for Run Club, you get a bunch of stuff. Uh, you get m- running motivation, um, written, audio, visual, all different ways. You get running plans. You get weekly question and answer uh, times on Thursdays. We... Uh, there, I, I've, I've been communicating back and forth one-on-one with some folks about mm-hmm. some particular issues that they have, mm-hmm. um, whether it's training or injury or whatever, then um, you have access to, to those kinds of things and, and so much more. And it's only $9.97 a it's month. It's the greatest running club in the world. The greatest. I'm, I may be a little bit biased, but it's the greatest. <laughs> and I want to tell everybody, hopefully everybody tuned in to hear Ryan Hall. Um, what an incredible person he is. But... Let us know of other people that you would like to hear of. We're not shy. Yeah. I will I will reach out to the Pope if I need to. I, <laughs> I'm not shy about reaching out. The worst thing they can say is no. But what I'm finding about our running community is people are willing. They want to pour into other people. We, we're, we're working on another um, guest right now who, who may become a Run for God ambassador. Um, and we're super excited about that one. But... You may have other people that we're not even thinking of. So so email Dean at Dean at RunForGod.com and, and let us know how we can better manage this club because we're we're not we don't claim to know everything. Absolutely. All we know is what, what the feedback is that we get. So so let us know how we can better do this club. I already think it's the greatest club in the world, but I've always said I'm not too proud to copy anybody. Exactly. If it's a good idea. Yeah, so uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So being part of a run club where the fastest American half marathoner and, and marathoner is part of the same club. Pretty cool. He's in our club. He is in our club. <laughs> so we hope you've enjoyed. Again, give us feedback. Make sure that you go and you like and you subscribe and you do all of those things to, uh, to support us. Remember that when you do join Run Club, you not only get those things, which is great, uh, but you also support a ministry. Uh, and it's a ministry that reaches out to people and is trying to make a difference uh, and has made a difference in, in the lives of others. Not through the things that we do necessarily, but through what God does through us. And so, uh, so support Run for God. We appreciate you. May God bless every step of every run. Now go out there and shine your light. Great word, Dean.
For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.